Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Taylor Raglan and Devin Hassan. Um, between the three of us, between Justin Thomas, Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson, our whole staff here, we've had a big, uh, just a whole snoot full of soccer these last few days. The first uh, the first round of the playoffs is in the books, so with the second round kicking off, um, I believe just about all our games are on Tuesday nights. So yep. let's um, let's at least use this uh, this space to uh, just to reflect on the what on the uh, on the happenings of that very first round. Um, games that included some shootouts, some absolute marathons. Um, I mean, yeah, just some absolutely just crazy, crazy soccer with just one round in the books. So let's yeah, let's just try to touch on as many of them as we can. Um, and obviously with uh, the three of us, lots of uh, lots of crossover between Districts 9-6A and 10-6A. Um, as far as how that by-district series went, you had um, actually they split on the boys' side. Yeah. Went 2-2. Two and two. And then the girls, 9-6A got the edge, 3-1 to one there. Um, you guys, I mean, you guys saw a couple though I mean Taylor you had one when I say marathon match yep. not just in terms of regulation overtime but the shootout itself man yep. that Saxy Plano West match was about as crazy as it got for that first round of the playoffs yeah it was it was nuts and it was it was several times um, during regulation and overtime there were some really near misses um, you know the first half of the overtime period Saxy mm-hmm. scored right after the buzzer sounded uh, so that would have ended it there were several um, you know Hannah Hooks from Saxy I tweeted out this highlight I believe it was I can't remember if it was in the first or second half of regulation, but West had a corner. I believe it was in the first half when West had the wind, and she literally headed the ball off the line. Like that ball was at least halfway over the goal line. She headed it off um, to save a goal there, and and throughout it was kind of Saxy had a couple near misses right over uh, right over the bar. Ella McQuaid for West had a free kick that she put between uh, the top of the goal and the goalpost <laughs> at Kimber Stadium. I mean, it was so close to being you know upper ninety goal, and and that would have done it. Um, so it was. You know, it was back and forth crazy. The wind was a major factor. Uh, you know, blowing straight along the field, one team would have it um, with them for one half and then against them for the other half. Uh, same thing in overtime. But in the end, yeah, it comes down to uh, scoreless tie, comes down to PKs, and they go 20 rounds of penalty kicks. <laughs> 20 rounds. And it was... It was a marathon to be sure. I was I was furiously trying to film, um, get all the highlights, take notes on who scored. It was just one after the other, back and forth, back and forth. And West actually had a chance to end it earlier than that. In the first group of five, um, West scored. Uh, Lindsey Deppner made a save for West. And then West, if they had scored again, uh, would have won, but they missed. Um, 
So that was, you know, that sent us to the second round, uh, and then back and forth, back and forth again. I think West ended up winning 9-8 on another save from Debner. And both saves actually were, you know, we were talking about the nature of the shootout and, and how hard it is to save. She just stood in the middle. Like, yeah. she just, I guess she she called Saxe's bluff and was like, I'm not going to dive. I'm not going to do anything. I think you're just going to kick it right at me. I think you're just going to stare right at me and kick it at me. And and they did. And, um, you know, I heard from Debner after the game basically that, you know, once she saved it, there was kind of a moment of like, she didn't even know the game was really over. Like she was just I don't so have to save another one. Yeah, she was just like so in the mode of of the marathon and back and forth and everything. And then she looked over and her team was coming to you know dogpile her and and all that crazy stuff. So yeah, it was it was a wild one. West moves on over over number one uh, ranked Saxe out of ten six A. Crazy back and forth game. Um, weird end. Tough way to end the season certainly for for Saxe. So. Uh, West will move on to play Tyler Lee, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think they beat Temple four to nothing in their and, opener. And they so. returned to form for the Plano West defense, yeah. which had took its, which yep. had taken its lumps over yep. the uh, down the home stretch. Um, you know, you mentioned the shootout. I mean, where do we? Because now, like the shootout has become, it is front and center with the high school soccer playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, some districts decide to do them during the regular season, some don't. But you have no choice in the playoffs because there has to be a winner. Yep. Um, so where do we kind of stand on the shootout as far as being such a determining factor in how these teams end up advancing? I I think that, you know, my personal opinion is that it's tough just because you're not asked to do it on a regular basis, and then all of a sudden it comes down to your season is either continuing or over based on this thing that you almost never do. And, and certainly you can practice it, you can do whatever you want, but there's no substitute for the pressure that, you know, those 20 girls that took shots in the West Saxe game felt in that moment when your season is literally on the line and something that you almost never do. So it's, it's just tough to... Um, you know, I don't. I don't know how else. I mean, I guess the only other way would be, you know, to be like the NHL playoffs and just continue to play overtime until somebody finally wins, mm-hmm. um, or go to some sort of golden goal format. I, or, I like the golden goal. Yeah. personally. I, I don't like the two overtime yeah. format that they use. The two ten minute. I think it's if you score, you know, it's yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you, just, you also then have to just factor in the endurance part of it. Yeah. The, the, the fact that these are still kids. Yeah. And um, you know, a hundred minutes of, of you know <laughs> yep. straight, pretty much. I mean, with a couple little breaks in between, uh, you know, those kids are just gassed by the end mm-hmm. of the second overtime. And if you went to, you know, you know, play until somebody right. scores, you know, it's uh, you got one team that's completely exhausted, and it's, it's you know, you might have a fluky in that way. So, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the shootout. Um, is there a better way to do it? Possibly. Could you? We're talking about tweaking yeah. maybe the, the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's all sorts of options that you go to there to make it more difficult for the shooter to give the goalkeeper more of an advantage. I mean, when I played growing up, that's what they taught us. Even though the goalie is not supposed to move before the ball's kicked, they always make a guess mm-hmm. one way or the other. Like you say, if you kick it straight, a lot of times you'll make it because the goalie is already mm-hmm. committed yeah. to one side or the other. So sometimes a straight-on shot is your best chance of making it. You know. yeah, I just feel like it's just when you have to say the word guess in a situation yeah. like that. The odds are like, just so I feel like the word guess against. should never come into the equation when yeah. you're having to basically decide a winner or loser. You want as much skill as possible to be inserted into the equation. And I do wish there was more of a, I don't know, maybe it is moving the ball, you know, moving the kick back a little bit to where it does, you know, maybe level out the, you know, level out the amount of skill required from, you know, from, a, you know, striker to, to goalkeeper and whatnot. I was always a big fan of the run up just because I did mm-hmm. feel like that was more of a, uh, you know, more more skill went into that. It was the true. I mean, it really is like a an oncoming car crash when you have yep. the, the keeper and the uh, you know and the and the player with the ball just going head on. But I get it. You know, I get the the, you know, the injury concerns with that with that uh, yep. with that format and whatnot. Well, and, and, and although the, the the shooter obviously has the decided advantage, let's not take away from the fact that there's incredible pressure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you can just 
great a miss, and too, and absolutely. You still have to go out there and yep. execute. And how many times have you seen a team's best player walk up there yep. having to make a goal, it. prolong it, yep. and, yeah, yeah they, they, they pull back and shoot high, <laughs> they you know, they shoot wide, They just that pressure is just immense in those situations. Yeah, I do feel like there is a better way. I'd say this is just a soccer philosophy just in general. I just always feel like it's it does feel like there is too much guesswork that, you know, I mean, you've spent all this time just grinding, trying, yep. you know, trying just to f- find some way to reach a winner and a loser, and I get it. You know, it's, you know, it's soccer can be so weird to where you can have a match where you outshoot a team by like a five to one ratio, but then you get into a shootout and it's like you're on a level playing field. You know, you might not necessarily guarantee that the better team comes away the victor, but that's playoffs in general. I, I get that. It just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's just so much guesswork that goes into into the soccer shoot. I just, I don't know. Never well, been a fan of that being a way to decide a, a soccer match, be it at the high school level, pro level, whatever. Well, and one other element that we've kind of touched on in, in previous podcasts is the fact that not every district, it's not uniform yeah. as far as district yeah. play goes. Yeah. So you have districts that just go straight to a tie, mm-hmm. and that's how they count the standings. Other districts go to shootouts. Well, you might have a team, though, that has been in a shootout yep. all year as opposed to a team that's been in four mm-hmm. during district play. Yep. Uh, that gives them a decided advantage. I, I think so, yeah. agree. Um, let's see. Elsewhere within the 9-6-A versus 10-6-A bi-district matchups, um, Allen. Allen, I mean, no no theatrics, no drama there needed. Allen, um, Allen's boys and girls both advance out of the first round. The boys, I was at this game on Friday. They shut out Garland, uh, you know, 2-0. Allen has had a, I want to say this is now like six of their past seven matches have been shutout wins. Allen, um, you know, building off of that district championship, looking the part. Um, it, it's interesting because another dynamic that gets factored into the soccer playoffs that uh, it feels like maybe the postseason is the first time when it really kind of is hammered home, but just the importance of wind yeah. <laughs> and how just the yeah. uh, the the gusty weather can really uh, kind of impact the flow of a match and how well a team is able to play. And Allen is a team that, you know, Waters feels like, a, you know, a lot of teams, maybe you think that when you have the wind at your back, it kind of gives you a bit of an edge just because there's going to be a bit more behind, mm-hmm. the, behind the ball when you kick it. Um, you know, Allen's a team that because their style of play is, you know, predicated on keeping the ball on the ground and just very tactical. Um, so they're a team that kind of actually benefits going into the wind. And it was something that uh, you know, they had a one. I mean, they never trailed in this matchup. Obviously, it was a shutout. But they, uh, you know, they led one zero at the half. Um, you know, on a on a nice, you know, uh, uh, a free kick goal from about forty yards out by Benny Lou. But just a ball that definitely benefited from having the wind at its, you know, at his back. But then, um, in the second half, you really saw Allen really begin to assert itself. You know, even though the final score was just two zero, the second half when Allen was going into the wind, able to play much more of their style, and it really did seem like that was where they really, even though they ended up winning just by two goals, they were in firm control. And never really felt like Garland was able to really put much pressure on him over that last 40 when Allen was able to play its game for a change. And then on the girls' side, this is a game, I mean, Allen's girls only led 1-0 at the half against, uh, you know, against Neiman Forrest. So at this one hand, you're thinking, okay, I mean, let's maybe still uh, still not, you know, still too close for comfort and whatnot, but then they were up with four goals in the uh, in the second half. You know, Cassie Taylor, Laurel Landry, Anna Reza, Logan Towns, they all score in the second half. Cassie Taylor has two goals in that win, a 5-1 to victory over Neiman Forrest, and the Lady Eagles march on. Um, just to spare themselves any sort of drama. This was a team that required a shootout last year against Keaton yep. in the first round. You know, Allen, which was coming off a district title last year as well, um, you know, coming perilously close to going one and done, which just would have been an absolute just devastating way for their season to end. And um, but no, yeah, Allen is able to live to fight another day. Um, so yes, not not much, uh, you know, nothing uh, to the akin to what you saw with uh, yeah. Saxe and Plano West yep. <laughs> over um, and Allen and its two first round victories. Um, Devin, you know, you got to see uh, the other the other Saxe as they took care of uh, McKinney Boyd. Um, you know, very rare to see a McKinney Boyd team, you know, exit this early in the playoffs with as strong as that program has been. Um, just no, no, nevertheless, what were some uh, some takeaways? from that matchup? You know, I, I thought 
if you would have gone into halftime based on the way the teams played, not great as Saxy had the wind at its at its back in the mm-hmm. first half, but uh, it, it it could have been four nothing Saxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, it's two to one, in a really bizarre instance. Um, late in the first half, um, official whistles a, a foul down near the Saxy box, and says Saxy free kick. It was essentially a goal kick. Mm-hmm. And so they line up, and they're ready to kick it away, and they kick it, and they, he stops play, and goes and talks to his line judge 50 yards behind the play, talks with him, uh, no, 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 not, it's going to be a penalty kick instead. Hmm. And you thought, because he said, he, the, the, I guess the line judge said that he saw a, a Saxy player stomp on another Adam McKinney Boyd player from 50 yards away. Oh. And so that, that was potentially game-changing mm-hmm. because I don't, all of a sudden now McKinney Boyd is cut it to 2-1, to one, Going into the half, and then they had the win at their back in the in the second half. They come out and get the equalizer about 15 minutes in. But you know, you mentioned teams that play better into the wind. Those are the team the teams that can really control the ball. Very good passing mm-hmm. teams, and that's what Saxy is. Um, you know, talking to Colby Peak, uh, the Kitty Boyd uh, coach, uh, after the game, he said coming in that set pieces were going to be dangerous, and all three of Saxy's goals came on set pieces. And sure enough. Um, about 15 minutes to play, a uh, long free kick into the box. Um, actually, uh, the, the McKinney Boyd keeper made an incredible save on Luke Braswell's header, uh, but um, Jake DeVault's right there uh, with the rebound to, to knock it home. Um, three to two victory. Uh, again, two very good teams, two very evenly mm-hmm. matched teams. Saxy kind of gave away a couple opportunities in the first half that kind of given them a bit more cushion. Uh, so it, it did end up going to the wire, uh, down to the wire. But uh, you know, solid win for Saxy. I don't think it should be considered a an upset by any stretch of the imagination. I know mm-hmm. McKinney Boyd has a, a very proud history and yeah. a very proud tradition. But so does Saxy. Saxy is you know this is their fifth year in a row um, in the playoffs. Um, they're just two years removed from a trip to the regional uh, championship game. Mm-hmm. So this is not a sexy team that's a, a stranger to the playoffs or anything like that. So, you know, we'll see what they have. Uh, they go and they play Longview uh, Tuesday night in Athens. Longview came <laughs> from that dogfight in 11 6 a where they're basically five teams still had a chance to win the district championship in the final week. Yeah. Um, but Longview ended up winning it by just a couple points. Um, so a very solid Longview team. But, but I, I think Saxy certainly has a, a great chance to move on. With, uh, with Wooten quickly, to talk about North Mesquite because that's who the Allen boys went out and draw. A, um, actually a rematch from non-district play, a match that was won by North Mesquite, 1-0. to um, Allen will have the luxury of getting that game in its home stadium, though. That game is 6.30 p.m. Uh, Tuesday at Eagle Stadium. Um, you know, Allen was able to take care of business. Um, just what were some thoughts on what uh, North Mesquite was able to accomplish in its first-round win over Waco Midway? Well, and, and North Mesquite um, kind of has considered their last two regular season games playoff games because they had to win both to mm-hmm. get in. Yeah. Um, you know, there was no guarantee heading into that final day that they were even going to beat around for the playoffs. Uh, they went in dramatic fashion um, in, their, in their regular season finale against Rockwell Heath. Hector Castillo uh, scores on a free kick with 45 seconds left in the second overtime. And if, he just, if they go to a shootout, there's a chance they don't make the playoffs based on tiebreakers. <laughs> wow. But they end up going, uh, making it in there against a very good Waco Midway team. That's just, we talked about it before, so well-rounded in, as far as our overall athletic program. But uh, Abdiel Ramos, Hector Castillo, uh, they score uh, in the 2-0 victory. Uh, Heriberto Camposano, one of the top scorers in this region, mm-hmm. set up the goal by Castillo. Um, and again, I think North Mesquite's playing with a lot of confidence based on how they closed the regular season. Obviously, getting that first one, uh, that Bidders to win. But then I think if you go back, you know, look at their game against in January, both teams are very different. But going against Allen and knowing that they can beat Allen mm-hmm. is a huge, huge advantage for mm-hmm. them. 
Um, let's see. That's uh, that's actually the game that I'm going to be at tomorrow. I'm going to be covering uh, Allen and uh, in North Mesquite. Devin, you'll be covering a, a cross market game within your area. You have a uh, Rowlett and Mesquite. Uh, yes, out of Hanby, seven thirty on yeah. Tuesday. Um, just yeah, just some quick comments on just the Skeeters and the Eagles getting the job done in the first round. Yeah, Rowlett, um, the number one seed out of ten six, they got pushed to a shootout against a very good Prosper team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they lost one of their star players, Carson Pressridge, with an injury. Uh, that this was their first match without him. Uh, you know, here's a guy that scored you know twenty goals and had twenty assists. That's a big. Yeah. Uh, hole to fill, uh, but you know, survive in advance. They were able to do that uh, in a shootout. Um, and then Mesquite. Uh, I mean, Mesquite can score. So can Rowlett, but yeah. you know, Mesquite. Uh, and, and the way they did it, they beat Waco six to two last Thursday. Wow. Kevin Para, David Perez, Eduardo Zamora. Edgar Carrasco, Lenny Andre. I mean, it seems like every time they score five or six goals, it's five or six different guys doing it. So they have a lot of different weapons uh, that can hurt you. That's going to be something that Riley's going to have to be very aware of because obviously they have a stud in Kev- Kevin Adolfo. Mm-hmm. He's got 34 goals this season. Um, but you know, without Carson Prestridge, now all the defense is attention is, is going to be on mm-hmm. Kevin Adolfo. So they're going to have to have other guys step up. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game is if Rowlett can get um, some, some support because they're going to need it because I, you know Mesquite's going to be focused on the one guy. Before we make our line change, just a couple quick notes on some of the happenings in our areas in 5A. Um, I see you've got some uh, some information on Lovejoy right there. Taylor, uh, Leopards needed the shootout to, uh, yep. to survive in advance over Frisco. But, uh, yeah, talk about Lovejoy punching its ticket to the second round. I mean, it seemed a lot like, you know, absent the – the scoreless draw that I had with Plano West and Saxe, kind of a very similar thing. It looks like, you know, goal for each side um, in the first and second half. Um, I guess scoreless in, in overtime, and then a shootout that, you know, according to Max, perhaps it was provided by Lovejoy, but 10-9 in favor of Lovejoy. So wow. <laughs> another marathon, another, you know, kind of more proof positive that, you know, the shooters are certainly favored if they can handle the pressure and just put a good shot on net, more than likely you're mm-hmm. going to score. So it seems, you know, kind of, I'm not sure how um, the Frisco miss came. I don't know if it was a save or, you know, just a miss. Um, but yeah, Lovejoy, another, you know, perennial contender, a strong program. Um, you know, I don't want to say a down year, but definitely it seems like a year where, um, you know, they didn't quite have, almost like McKinney Boyd, you know, a a great program, a lot of tradition, who knows, always, you know, liable to make noise when they get into the postseason, but maybe not, you know, the strongest year they've had in recent memory, but, you know, nevertheless, they they get past Frisco, they have Adamson next, um, and and who knows, you know, it's, like I said, it's one of those programs where there's an expectation there that that they're going to make a playoff run, and sometimes that can can overcome a lot of either deficiencies or, or just not quite having the talent that you normally do and, and just having been there. So um, they get they get past Frisco in the first round, and, and I guess we'll see what happens from here. I had a touch stuck marathons. I had a personal marathon on Thursday with my <laughs> coverage night. I was out at Lake Dallas for the doubleheader between uh, Capel and Denton Geyer. That game went to a shootout, and then I saw Denton, not, not Denton Geyer, but um, Lake Dallas and Saginaw. That game went to overtime, almost a full hundred minutes. Um, the Lake Dallas-Saginaw game, and I want to str- emphasize, I'm trying to stay away from hyperbole when I say this, that was the craziest finish to any soccer game that I have ever covered. I mean, this was, I mean, it seems impossible to think that Lake Dallas could have found a way to somehow one-up the emotion of last year when they won the first first playoff game in program history. Um, they did it on <laughs> on Thursday against, uh, against Saginaw. So here's, just to set the story for this one, so Lake Dallas, you know, they uh, they won the they went undefeated in District 8-5. Undefeated, undefeated. 10-0-2. Yeah. 
So yes, unbeaten. Uh, so coming off a district championship, obviously entering the playoffs. You know, you know they know that they they're not trying to make any history of winning a playoff game or anything. They carry themselves with the expectations of a team that now believes they should win in the first round. They find themselves down two to one entering the final minute against uh, against Saginaw. Saginaw team that just caught fire in the in the second half. Lake Dallas scored like four minutes into the match. You're thinking, okay, they are on their way. Uh, no, Saginaw righted the ship. They uh, so they got a two one lead and heading into the final you know final minute final thirty seconds. Seconds, ticking away, um, Brock Pope, Lake Dallas uh, standout uh, junior sophomore, um, whatnot. But he, um, you know, he gets a shot on goal, bounces off the Saginaw keeper's hands, goes up in the air. Saginaw keeper catches it, and then there's a skirmish in the box, and results in a card being issued to Saginaw with 15 seconds left in regulation. Uh, Carlos Amore is called upon to take the ensuing PK. He um, he takes the PK. Saginaw keeper guesses right. He dives. What I believe he dove left. He uh, bats it away. Zamora runs in, scores on the rebound. Tie game with 15 seconds left in regulation. Headed overtime. So, um, yeah, just, again, both teams just trading blows there in overtime. And then in the closing seconds of the second overtime, so right up against the potential of going to a shootout, Lake Dallas gets the opening that they need. Hansel Cabanas lobs the ball right over the Saginaw defense to Anthony Patty, who puts it home with two seconds left. In the second overtime, and Lake Dallas gets a 3-2 victory over Saginaw. Just absolute insanity <laughs> to get two goals. Not just one, but two goals in the final 15 seconds of either regulation and overtime. And, um, yeah, what a... Uh, I mean, it's kind of poetic in a sense that you look at how Lake Dallas had its season end last mm-hmm. year because of a goal that they allowed in the 80th minute to yep. Lovejoy that set up overtime. They lost in overtime, but I mean, you're a minute away from advancing, you know, to the uh, to the regional quarterfinals. They, um, you know, they let their guard down for a second. So just the emphasis on no, you you have to play to the end, literally play to every <laughs> play to the absolute last second, and then to see what that was able to uh, what that message was able to do for Lake Dallas in a in a game where they got all they could handle from number four seeded Saginaw. Well, that's what heading into the game, you know, the impression I got from Brandon Martin is that Saginaw was going to be the tougher, despite being the four seed. Mm-hmm. You know, the the other um, I believe that Brewer would have been the other potential possibility, much more physical team. But you know, just the the overall impression I got was that Saginaw was more technical and and experienced and maybe a tougher out and. It certainly proved mm. to be that way. So yeah, just the just the second ever playoff win in Lake Dallas history. Even who? What a uh, what a game! <laughs> like I said, the uh, the craziest ending that I have seen any soccer game at the high school level <laughs> that I've covered. Um, so yeah, shout out to the Falcons. What a game! What a what, a, what an absolute thriller! I mean, if I'm going to sit through what 200 plus minutes of soccer, <laughs> might yeah. as well yeah yeah it might as well be uh, you know be for a, uh, an ending that I probably will never see again. <laughs> so yeah, some fun times covering Lake Dallas on Thursday. Um, yeah, and that is a look at just some of the happenings in our respective areas. Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I just, so I just wanted, wanted to real, real briefly touch, touch on my Mesquite yeah, yeah. teams. That's just I had my I had four girls teams mm-hmm. in the six A and five A playoffs, and they went zero and four. I had oh. six boys teams in the six A six A and five A, and they went six and zero. <laughs> so I, I feel bad if I leave West Mesquite yeah. and Poteet out. Absolutely, uh, go, yeah, go on, my bad. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, West Mesquite. That was a game I was at at, at Friday night um, against Corsican at the four seed. Mm-hmm. Um, one nothing. Is the final? I mean, they, they Jesse Velasquez scores on a header in the mm. third minute, and you just thought, okay, this is going to be seven, eight, nothing, and yeah. it probably could have been. Uh, you know, West Mesquite had a huge skill advantage, um, and, and they they showed that off for much of the night. But you know that they were they just a foot high, a foot wide, um, maybe making the extra pass when they probably could have got shot off. Just you know, um, you know, and, and that's fine and good. But then you get to the second half, 
and Corsican is still hanging around, mm-hmm. and you know that it's all it takes is one great play, or sometimes just what, one fluky play, to even things up, yep. and then you know then you run the risk of going to what we talked about the shootout, the dreaded shootout, which evens the, you know, evens everything up, but. You know, I think West Mesquite will come out uh, in the second round uh, with, the, you know, more uh, emphasis on scoring. Um, it doesn't have to be a highlight reel goal. It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be pretty. Just put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Because when you let a team hang around like that, they survive Friday night. But mm-hmm. you're not going to survive forever. Yeah. And you're keeping yourself in that position. So I think, I think West Mesquite, again, um, I, I, this is a team I expect to make a run. Uh, three rounds deep, four rounds deep. Mm-hmm. I, I expect them to run into one of the Frisco's at some point in time. Um, and and but again, you have to get there first. And I, I think that they um, will probably learn mm-hmm. from from Friday nights and, and kind of come out with more of a killer instinct in the next round. Um, Boutique, very impressive, three nothing win over. Uh, Ennis, uh, you know, we've, I've talked a lot about West Mesquite, but Poteet has kind of been rounding into form here late in the season. Mm-hmm. I think they've saved their best play for, for late. And um, again, a very impressive 3 0 uh, outcome. And I think they're a team, again, it's, it's we that side of the region that we don't know much about you know the you know they play John Tyler in the next round don't know too much about John Tyler uh, you know West Mesquite plays Jacksonville don't know pretty much you know anything about Jacksonville but um, you know I think both of those teams can make a run to that side of the bracket and in fact could end up meeting up at some point in time all right, and that is a look at just some of the happenings through one round of the high school soccer playoffs in our respective areas. Still got plenty more to discuss with Kendrick, Justin, and Brian, and we will give them the floor in just a moment. But first, got to shine the student athlete spotlight, and for that, Taylor mm-hmm. at the Plano West, uh, the Lady Wolves, fresh off a, uh, a nice little four over one shocker in the first round of the playoffs, that marathon match over uh, over Saxy, one of the key pieces in this uh, this Plano West run has been uh, Reagan Chapman. Taylor, you had a chance to chat with Reagan on the Lady Wolves season to date and we'll see what she had to say after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. How's it going, everybody? This is Taylor Ragland out here at Plano West with Plano West girls soccer senior captain Reagan Chapman. Uh, obviously, a pretty big win for you guys last week. Uh, marathon with Saxy, um, but it definitely came after some uh, some struggles toward the end of the year. Uh, last year, I know you guys had to win out basically to get in. Uh, this year, you've done enough work to uh, to uh, avoid a, a three game losing streak knocking you guys out. But you know, how did you guys kind of reset um, after that into district and, and mentally prepare for Saxy? And, and what was that game like for you guys? Um, well, we just came into the practices um, really hard. We decided to do some refocusing, some team bonding to make sure we really get after it in um, the game because it is make or break. Um, the game was obviously obviously really hard. As you said, it's a marathon. But we just, um, before the game, talked about it, how it's do or die, and we just really focused throughout the game and played our game. I know in the first half of district, I think you guys only gave up like uh, three goals and, and had a really good goal differential. And then over the back half, it was like 18 or something. Mm-hmm. So obviously a little bit of a change, but, you know, back to obviously a scoreless draw um, entering the shootout with Saxy. So the defense was there. What do you think kind of changed uh, in your preparation and, and in the way you approached the game that kind of got you guys back to what you do best? Um, I mean, as I said, just like we, we really focused on um, playing our game and playing as a team instead of individual effort. We decided to like make sure it was really a team effort and really put it all on the line. So, 
you know, as a senior captain, obviously you've been around a while, seen some different teams come and go. Uh, it's the first playoff one you guys have had since I think 2015. So um, just how have you kind of matured, I guess, during your career? And how do you think this team is, is maybe different than some of the ones you've been on in the past? Well, I mean, my freshman year, we didn't even make playoffs. And then coming through my senior year where we made it past the first round, it was just so crazy watching the program grow and watching all the girls around me grow as players and as teammates. It's just been such a cool experience. Uh, and yeah. this year's team, I guess, what's kind of, you know, as a, as a senior captain, you get to set the course a little bit. So, you know, what's kind of the identity, I guess, of this group of girls? And, and what do you think maybe sets you guys apart from, you know, some of the other teams, like I mentioned, that, that you've been on before? Well, I think this team is really special, um, especially for me. They're all my family, and I know that I wouldn't be the person I am today without them. So I think just thinking about that and, like, how it's my last year really pushes me, and I know some of the other girls to really go out there and play for each other and do the best that we can. Going back to the Saxe game, obviously, I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of things are running through your head as a senior, yeah. <laughs> especially with, with the game on the line and going all the way to penalty kicks. And obviously 10 rounds, you know, a, a marathon there, not just throughout the game. But um, what kind of was going through your head? And, and when Lindsay saved that last ball and, and you guys had realized you won, what was that moment like for you guys? Well, I mean, I was pacing back and forth. I was so scared um, knowing that it could be my last ever game as a Lady Wolf. And um, when I saw her save that, I just had so many emotions running through me. I ran so fast. I was so excited. With uh, District 96A and 106A, there were a lot of first-round matchups that, you know, you guys were the number four seed, they were the number one seed, but that doesn't necessarily, I guess, define um, how good a lot of those matchups were. Yeah. But, you know, you still take down the, the district champion from 106A, so how much confidence, I guess, is, is that giving you guys moving forward in the postseason? I mean, obviously, we have a lot of confidence going into it, but also Tyler Lee is a good school. Obviously, they're in second round for a reason, so I think if we just go out there and play our hardest, um, we'll be fine. What do you think that matchup with Tyler Lee, um, you know, coming up on Tuesday tomorrow, what do you think that's going to be like for you guys, and how do you think overall you guys match up with them? Um, well, obviously, it's going to be a hard match. Um, I think we can do it. I think we can pull it out. We're a good team. They're a good team. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. I guess the last thing is, you know, as a senior captain, um, you know, your career, high school career at least, wrapping up, what's kind of one thing that, you know, you'll take away not only from, from this season but from your time as a Wolf as a, in general, I guess? Um, honestly, I'm just, like, really thankful for the experience. Um, it's brought me so many great friends and so many great experiences that I'll never forget, and I wouldn't want to change for anything, so... No matter like what the outcome is, I'm just really glad to be a part of this program and really glad for the girls and coaches who have um, helped me along the way. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Reagan. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get back to the second half of the podcast. Uh, good luck tomorrow as you continue in the playoffs, and uh, we will uh, catch up with you guys soon. All right, a big thanks again to Reagan Chapman of Plano West Girls Soccer. We are back for the second half of the uh, this edition of the podcast. This is Justin Thomas. You know, he runs it all from, from Denton County, <laughs> pretty much every city in Denton County, Coppell, <laughs> Flower Mound, Louisville, you know, Carrollton, Colony, Colony. can't forget the Colony, a little, little unrivaled, I, I like to forget them sometimes. Yeah. And then we got our uh, McKinney expert right here, Kendrick Johnson. Of course, I'm Brian Murphy, you know, Frisco, Little Elm, Prosper, Salina, that whole area is my coverage. Uh, Aaron, we, you know, we had a, a ton of... Uh, of first round soccer playoff matchups. Man, uh, I know you had a million. Had I know you had a, a good amount too, just from McKinney alone. And then we we had we had a crossover. <laughs> yeah, so because, uh, we started at ten that ten five eight, and 
I want is it nine five eight? Nine five eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, so, they split. I know the teams from ten five eight, the Wiley Easts, the McKinney Norths, and the Lovejoys of the world had a chip on their shoulder on the boys' side because they felt people were counting them out because everybody was saying Frisco ISD was going to run ruck shop. Didn't happen. They went two and two, and it could have easily been four and zero oh because well, or be three and one because I know North North was down three goals to zero, scored two goals in seven minutes, and had a shot to send the thing in overtime and would have to win. You're talking about the boys' game, the boys' game against so, Heritage. Heritage. Well, then, uh, the girls the, pull out a win. The girls. I'm going to pause you there. The girls McKinney North team. They almost lost to Lebanon Trail in the first uh, in the first round. Lebanon Trail. They limped into the playoffs. You know, they had to win a, pl- a play-in game against uh, Liberty. They don't have seniors, and they gave North all they could handle. Justin, yes, question Kendrick. Does almost count in the playoffs? Well, no, no, no. moral victory. He he brought up he brought up almost. He <laughs> yeah. said, "Oh, they had a three-zero lead. They yeah. came back to you know make it a one go." Okay, if we're talking about almost Lebanon Trail, <laughs> shout out to them. I'm just giving you a little taste of your own medicine, Kendrick. <laughs> I actually talked about them on the on, on yeah. the eight last night. But um, McKinney North did what they had to do. Coach Lovell and them move on to the next round. Second year in a row. Last year their state their season ended against Highland Park in the area round at Wildcat Ram Stadium. Really? They go back to the scene of the crime. They take on Carrollton Creekview, uh, Pesky Squad, and uh, whoever wins La- will be in Lady Mustangs the- coming off a nine one win in their playoff. My gosh, uh, who they play? Dallas Samuel. Oh, one of the Dallas. Oh, they're paired up with the Creek- Dallas program. Spruce and Samuel. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like Turner them. beat Spruce five one, and Creekview beat Samuel nine. One so Turner, Turner's going to play Frisco Independence now, one of your teams, and yeah, Creekview McKinney North. Yeah, it should, be, it should be a bit interesting. There's so many segues that we could go into know, right, right now. I have no idea where to go. Yeah, too many teams. If if we want to talk Independence, I got to give them some love first off. You know, before we dive in any any further, they're on a 12 game winning streak right now. Uh, in that Frisco district, they finished first place over the defending state champion Wakeland Wolverines. Who I know you've seen girls, girls, girls. Independence. They're they're uh, they're uh, state ranked uh, in the top ten. Last time I saw, like I said, nineteen one and one. Um, they close out the season with a seven nothing win over Centennial. Centennial. They're in the second round of the playoffs. We'll talk about them in a little bit. They play Highland Park. Tough draw there for so second round. But anyways, so with all that. So then they they get the the first round going. Uh, man, and it was it, not even close against Princeton. They won that one seven nothing. Uh, Landry Corbett, she had another big game. She had a hat trick. She had six goals in that final game against Centennial. So they're just man. on a tear. The game before that, they beat Frisco eight nothing, and so they're just demolishing these these teams. Uh, you know, in the Frisco and now in the playoffs. Tough draw for for Delta Creekview. Or Turner, 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 Turner oh, all Turner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he the Creekview's playing North. That's right. That's right. That's right, man. With so many, so they all went together, though. It's for real. For real. Uh, I mean, what's next? I mean, I know you had what some. About Little Elm, they're the last one left out of eight five eight. True. So Little Elm had some heartbreak on the boys' side. Went into a, the, the lovely zero zero extra time game. Mm-hmm. Still tied after two extra times. They go into shootouts. Literally goes down to the wire. Comes down to one miss. Yeah. And Little Elm loses five to four. But you know, first time back in the playoffs since twenty fourteen. You know, that's, that's, that's how, how I remember McKinney North. McKinney North boys, this is the first time in the playoffs since 2016. Got a new coach, CJ Shelton, who's bringing a new energy. So, them getting to the playoffs is a big thing. You know, I know it's, it hurts now that they lost, but they played competitive. They were down 3 0 with 70 minutes to go, and it came within a shot away from time. Mm. 
got two now, goals. Was, was that one of those deals where you know no one expected them to do to make the playoffs, or with that district they were kind of? Then with that district, but uh, them getting a second seed above was a big thing because yeah. um, the top it's very top heavy. Yeah. Gotcha, and, gotcha. But so, the thing though, they they scrimmage against they want scrimmage. They play non district against six eight teams like McKinney High, who's still in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So they got a lot of experience. It's just there that they were like a, a dark horse team. I definitely look for them to be better next year. See, and that's how the little boys were, and their their future's bright with them. Some of their best players, Damian Castarena, their midfielder, he's only a sophomore. Uh, their goalie made some phenomenal saves. He's only a sophomore. He kept them in that game. You know, Grapevine very well could have scored a bunch of goals that game. Uh, but Grapevine, the number one team in that in that district uh, coming in, what, 7-5-A, you know, took them down to the wire, lost in shootouts. No shame in that. And then Little Arm Girls, as you were alluding to, you know, they take care of Azel, 3 nothing, uh, And they will take on Burleson Centennial at uh, Coppell tomorrow night. So, so, should be interesting to see if they yeah. keep it rolling. Tough, tough losses for the colony out of that district, their boys and their girls. The boys, um, they pick up a red card with about five minutes left and then end up giving up the game-winning goal. It was 0-0, give up the, get, get a red card, and then give up a goal with five minutes left. The girls, they get into extra time scoreless. They actually score a goal to take the lead, so they're up 1-0 in the overtime. Then they give one back up with two minutes left, kind of a questionable foul that led to a free kick that they scored off of, and then they end up losing in shootouts too. So both te- both the boys and the girls hadn't won since 2014. So pretty uh, tough way for their season. It's crazy that how, how the PKs can determine a game and yeah. how big a deal it's, it was. Yeah. So, like in the uh, north, you know, uh, what's your first goal team? Uh, Which two. one? Heritage. Uh, Heritage. <laughs> yeah, Heritage. <laughs> they were two zero. They got an in the box call, so therefore they got a free kick and took advantage of it. Speaking yeah. of Little Um and their boys game against Grapevine, they ha- they had. A penalty kick. There was a handball on Grapevine in like yeah. the ninth minute. They, you know, they could have set the tone early in a game yeah. that was zero yeah. zero. If they score early there, he, they they got saved yeah. uh, right there at the beginning of the game. So, but if they score that one, that game's yeah. different. You know, that, that's not a zero zero game down the stretch. That could be things could get a little wild. You know, a lot of scoring yeah. back and forth. If they can hang on, and win that one one nothing. So you so, mentioned the shootouts too, Kendrick. It's interesting. Like for example, the Colony didn't even do shootouts, and they played Birdville, who did shootouts all through district and stuff, and then they get. In the playoffs, and one team's never done them this year, and the other team's plenty experienced. Yeah. So that's always a shame. Shame on you, coaches that it's, don't do that. See, that's another thing, and, that, and that's what kept our fiscal centennial. Well, how, about five, U, how about UIL? I mean, not in this make league. a rule that their shootouts are not shootouts. Why can't they just pick one or the other? Yeah. Why does it have to be up to districts? I feel yeah, it should be a, a, a statewide thing. Yeah. Every team should have that same advantage yeah, or disadvantage. Play by the same rules because Frisco is a nine six eight. Let me nine five eight. Nine five eight does yeah. not do shootouts. They don't do extra time. They uh, do the whole points. Didn't do them either. Ties, yeah. So did Little on the Colony, Lake Dallas, uh, and it hurt Frisco. You know they played a Lovejoy team. Frisco they finished second in nine five eight. Great year, bounce back year. You know thirty nine points I think was the total they had in the, in the standings. Mm-hmm. They lose in a shootout to Lovejoy. You know, I, I don't know if, if, if Lovejoy in that district, they did shootouts and whatnot, but it seemed like they had the advantage there. But if, I feel like a lot of our games, you know, with the shootouts. Yeah. Prosper boys, they lost in a shootout to Rowlett. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking red cards, the Prosper girls, they were the beneficiary of Rowlett getting a red card. Yeah. Uh, me and Devin Hassan were talking, you know, early this morning right before we came on. He said Rowlett had a red card in the first minute of that game. Prosper won 4-0. I'm not sure if that has anything to... Uh, 
But you, to do with playing a man down or a woman down, I should say. You but can't, you can't give yourself, put yourself in that. Oh, for sure. Even in the first like, minute, like, that's, like the, that's North, a no-no. The, no. the yeah. call was so bad that the coach was like, "Yeah, I knew that was going to get called." Like, because it was a corner kick, so the ball's in the air, and they go, and like the guy just no one red, red card. Red really, card. man, that's that's rough. That's rough. And I understand you had like the upset of yeah, the freaking century. Enough five A talk. Let's get to six A. <laughs> yes, six A boys, where District six six A went perfect four and zero against different five six A. Now, who predicted that? Not me. No. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone. Did. I'm not like super shocked, but I would <laughs> yeah. definitely didn't predict it either. But yeah, the, what you're alluding to is Hebron, number four seed, taking down mighty undefeated number one in the nation, South Lake Carroll, two to zero. Um, we actually had one of our interns, Kevin, was out covering that game for us. So he said, um, "Kevin you gets know, the best games." The ke- Kevin does always draw good he games. Like I'm gonna have to just send him to a really lopsided softball <laughs> game or something just to humble him a little bit. Uh, <laughs> That'll go to ten innings. Don't worry. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin. <laughs> no, but, one, thing, one thing me and JT was talking about off air is how the, being ranked number one in the nation has been like a curse. Um, McKinney Boy knows all about the, that. The last two years, two years ago, they lost yeah. to South Lake. Uh-huh. They blew a two-zero lead, and then last year they played them again in the first round, and they won the shootout, and they used that momentum to go all the way to the regional finals. But yeah. having that pressure is a big yeah. So Hebron came out. Thing. Uh, Alex Gasala gets a goal just two minutes in, so they immediately so get that the pressure lead. already. Uh, talking to Kevin, I guess Carroll actually scored like the tying goal, but it was called off for offsides, Oof. and then. Gusala ends up putting on a little insurance goal with about 10 minutes left. Um, Matthew Hoffman, the Hebron keeper, had some uh, terrific saves from what I hear for the Hawks. So, um, you know, this is only the second time in five years that Hebron's been to the playoffs, but the last time they were in the playoffs two years ago, they went all the way to the regional finals. So, you know, coming out of 6-6A, obviously you're seeing how strong this district is. You know, Marcus beats Keller 2-1, Flower Mound beats Byron Nelson 4-0. Talking about shootouts, Coppell beat Denton Geyer 1-0 in a shootout. Um, that was a game Matt was covering. Um, so Austin Simogen had a couple shots in the, in the shootout. Coppell goes 4-4. Four for four. So a clean sweep for 5-6A. Um, Brock Clayton scores twice for Flower Mountain there, went over Byron Nelson. Mm-hmm. So um, looking ahead, you have Marcus. They'll get Richardson Pierce 7:30 Tuesday at the Colony. Flower Mountain will get Duncanville Tuesday at Birdville, and then a doubleheader. Tuesday in Grapevine, you have Hebron off their big upset playing WT White at six o'clock, and then Capel versus Grand Prairie at eight o'clock. Now is that where you'll that's be that's at? where I will be out in Grapevine. Okay, uh, I'll be. And I'll I actually be. drove by there the other day, and it looks like the stadium's obviously it's finished now, but it looks pretty nice over there actually. Hmm. So I'll be on the other side of the Metroplex. I'll be Tuesday at the uh, at Wildcat Ram Stadium, who has one of the better soccer fields, soccer facilities in the area. Going to McKinney North Carrollton Creek for your girls game and. And uh, the McKinney game, McKinney High, um, boys, they'll take on um, Belton from Central Texas way up in Middle Lothian. Hmm. So, a little, little bit of a haul. Yeah. Um, more of a haul for Belton, but yeah. Yeah, but definitely it favors um, McKinney. For and sure. More importantly, I think McKinney is going to find a way to win. There's just that team that's real close-knit. Like, they don't jump off the page to you until they beat you. <laughs> now I, we can't end this podcast without me talking about. Yeah, like, I'm not done. Uh, I, I know you're not done. I thought we were wrapping things up. Kendrick no. sounded like you were wrapping things up. There's still a lot <laughs> to talk yeah, about here. Six A girls. <laughs> okay, let's let's hit your six A girls. Okay, so whereas six six A pretty dominated the uh, mm-hmm. boys side going four zero, they actually only went one and three on the girl side, which okay. was a little surprise to me because Marcus and Hebron, you know, have some very good sides. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hebron goes down to Denton Geyer. It's 0-0. They give up the goal with 15 seconds left off an offensive rebound. Mm. So they were 15 seconds away from penalties. And How crushed were they? Denton Geyer, they're the pretty crushed, I'm yeah. guessing. And then uh, <laughs> one I'm, the one I was at was Byron Nelson versus Marcus on Friday. And obviously Marcus coming off their trip to the state championship last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Byron Nelson scored about five minutes in. And, man, they pretty much had control of this match um, from my perspective most of the way. Now, this is a flyer on Marcus team without Taylor Moon. No Taylor Moon, yeah. Without they, most of those all-stars from yeah, last year. Yeah, so they're very young. They have a lot of freshmen and sophomores on the field. They're only going to lose four starters from this team. So they'll be back okay. next year. But tough loss for them then kind of the two headlines so you have flower mound the number four seed they lose to south lake five to one and then mark or capel the number one seed they get a three zero win over keller uh, jocelyn alonzo scores michelle pack scores twice so now capel moves on they'll get uh, mansfield lake ridge tuesday at pennington field south lake is going to play south grand prairie and that's kind of setting up if they both win for that massive third round showdown between the you know the top two teams in the state there mm. Mm. Two of the top five teams in the For country, sure. if you look at the top drawer. That'd be nuts. That yeah, would be, be a would be nuts. Massive. As you said, Coppell is one and South Lake is three. Well, if you, it depends if you look at the regional rankings or the top drawer. Yeah. But if you look at the national rankings, it's South Lake is four and Coppell is five. It should whole be juicy. Yeah, and that'd so. be third round. Third round. Yeah, it's a shame. That's that should best. be a state semifinal or state final. At least right a regional there. final. It, yeah, third, yeah. At, at the worst. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And before we wrap things up. Got to talk about Wakeland. They take care of business. The boys blow out Sherman, uh, and the girls, Wakeland, they blow out. I had it here. They blow out Lovejoy. So many games. Both, I know. Interesting <laughs> in the girls' game, Gracie Bryant had not one, not two. She had three. three. She had three. She, she had, had a hat trick. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I looked that up, specified. From what I Excuse saw, she me. had three. Still, three goals. Still something to. That's how the record in my stadium. That would be a new MISD record for the. McKinney Stadium because they, they played there. Well, how many games have they Yeah, played? what do they have? It's like, like a, 10 games. The, game, the stadium's been there for like <laughs> eight months. <laughs> I would keep I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a fat guy. I'm just a fat guy. <laughs> well, and then so I mentioned, y'all mentioned where y'all will be Tuesday night. I will also be at a doubleheader in your neck of the woods at Coppell, uh, Buddy Eccles Stadium, correct? Field. Field, sorry, sorry. Uh, for uh, Centennial uh, against Highland Park girls. I feel like every playoffs i see the highland park girls and they're always they're always the juggernaut and then after that uh will be little elm versus burleson centennial so we'll see how that goes there double header uh at coppell lots uh, we talked about a lot, a lot of things i'm sure we, we missed some oh, things but uh, you know we, we i got the mechanical hey, programs where like they don't games. rebuild they reload both teams went out one and done for the playoffs this year. I know they're disappointed, but um, but that was they weren't expected to be that same McKinney Boy team this year. But, but there's a standard there for that True. program. And True, I, but when you lose your entire what starting lineup, it's yeah. It's, but I've got it's confidence okay. that Coach Peak and Coach Wilson will find ways to turn around. They both have talented squads coming up, and their whole programs are loaded from like top to bottom. So the, the boy when it's boy and soccer go hand in hand. Don't expect them to be down for that long. So later this week, we'll have a baseball edition uh, podcast with the Mid-District really heating up, 96A, 95A, all of your, your Denton County districts with Marcus and Hebron and all those guys over there, Louisville. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on on the diamond there. Next week, I'm sure we'll be back talking more soccer with you know regional tournament talk. I'm sure we'll have plenty of teams you know left in it. So that's Kendrick Johnson. That's Justin Thomas. I'm Brian Murphy. We'll see you later this week. Looking to hire top talent in your community? 
Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.